everyone. Welcome to Risk Roundup. Today, nations, its government, industries, organizations, and academia, in short referred to as NGIOA, are vulnerable to security challenges from cyberspace, geospace, and space, in short referred to as CGS. While entities across NGIOA do invest in information security products, the growing concern is whether the information security products understand the security risk of a digital global age that they are supposed to secure. Many of the information security products today that are used by entities across NGIOA are off the shelf and has one size fit, fits all approach because they are not customized to any business or entities needs specifically they do not fully understand security vulnerabilities that are specific of the industry or business or any initiative that they're supposed to be securing this heavy emphasis on off-the-shelf information security products to manage cybersecurity risk has become a cause of great concern the reality of a digital global age is that understanding of operations systems and processes is vital to understanding security vulnerabilities understanding of process logic seems to be fundamental to discuss process logic and specifically business logic and its relationship and with security further i'm delighted to welcome rajiv bhargav to risk roundup rajiv is the ceo of decision zone and is based in canada welcome rajiv we're delighted to have you on risk roundup well thank you jayshree uh, it's a pleasure uh, talking to you today wonderful rajiv so we are facing a chilling new reality of cyber warfare today in which no one seems to be prepared for cyber attacks. No one means no individuals or no entities across any of the nation's components, government, industries, organizations, or academia. And as mm -hmm. cybersecurity threats grow rapidly across NGIOA, do you think that the conventional security technology solutions are able to cope up with the security vulnerabilities and security threats in real time and are effective? I don't think they are. Um the focus of current security products is really looking at the network transport layer. They're looking at uh, what we call, we, we term that as north-south traffic. They're looking at the transport. They're looking for, in fact, what they're looking for is not the business logic, but they're looking for the hacker logic. They're looking for, for, for how a hacker infiltrates their system and how it manifests in the, uh, in the file systems, in their memory, in the host computer systems, end systems. And then they take that same technology and apply it to uh, the packet level switching, which is known as deep packet switching. So the same signature databases of, of millions and hundreds of millions of these signatures now are deployed in these uh, uh, databases uh, filled with uh, hacker signatures, or we can call it hacker logic signatures and each packet is inspected. And what happens is the network actually slows down, so they actually have to turn it off because a lot of the stuff goes sandbox and it becomes a very difficult thing to manage. And the amount of investment in universities and, and the number of resources acquired throughout this whole area for hacker logic is enormous. How can you sustain an environment where in some reports it says there's 250,000 vulnerabilities anticipated every day every day that there's 250,000 vulnerabilities now how will it how long will it take uh, 
uh, a cybersecurity specialist to go and find out what that vulnerability is. The typical time for a new vulnerability or a zero-day type vulnerability, it takes about uh, it takes a few months. It's not a very easy job to try to figure out how and where uh, where that vulnerability is. So it's a very very difficult, laborious process, and it requires uh, significant resources and and it costs a lot of money and it's not very effective. At bottom line, it's not effective. Yes, no, I, I hear your point on that. Uh, what you are trying to say is that all the efforts, all the resources are towards the hackers. What right. they, they are coming, where they are going to attack, what they are going to attack, and all those, everything, all the resources are uh, focused on that rather than you know understanding that where we should defend what we should defend exactly. so that's a very important point you made and then in especially in today's digital global is data is at the center of the warfare data it could be in many forms like uh, safeguarding intellectual property or financial information or reputation or you know any number of you know blueprints or business plan or strategy it could be anything so data is at the center yet with the number of threats and the sophistication of attacks increasing it, it it looks like you know it's a very formidable challenge protecting the data so how can decision makers protect and strengthen their initiatives with the right approach to information security because you just said that if we focus only on the hacker logic and if we are only focused on uh, where the hackers are going to attack or uh, then we are not going to be able to have effective solutions because not all the challenges are coming just from the hackers. There are many other, you know, points where the challenges are coming from. And if we focus only on uh, all of our resources on the malwares and hackers, you know, where they're going to ha uh, hack or attack or, you know, the breaches are going to come, then we are not going to be able to come up with security solutions that we are looking for. Right. Absolutely correct. That's why we took a very different approach. And um, we said, why don't we focus on, on business logic? And this is the whole idea behind business logic. What is business logic? Number one, it could be the logic that the designers or the, or the corporations institutionalize in terms of business processes, uh, which, in, which safeguard all the policies and safeguard on the usage of the critical infrastructure within the organization itself. And, and the funny thing is, we've been doing this for a long, long time. And things like uh, UML, Unified Modeling Language, is a common method for, for deploying business logic in a graphical manner. It's almost like a flowchart that tells you uh, what's allowed, what's not allowed. It has more sophisticated uh, components where joins and guard conditions and all these different aspects that, 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 that focus on the timing, uh, on the... Uh, on the uh, sequence of events, all kinds of those things can be incorporated into these uh, formats. Uh, there's another important thing that we, we talk about. It's a business, business logic from a designer's point of view and business logic from a operator or administrator point of view. So how does someone actually use that infrastructure? So, so what we did was we focused on those two tools, uh, tools that could, number one, discover what that business logic is. If you didn't document it, then, then how do you figure out what it is? And if it's lost, if it's a legacy system, then you don't know what that business logic was. So we have very, very sophisticated tools. Rather than doing data mining, 
which is a very static environment using uh, normal machine language uh, uh, capabilities, uh, what we do is more like event mining or the messages on the, on the bus, which are dynamic. And they have characteristics of dynamic uh, causality or in terms of timing. They can define which message came when and how and, and where it went. All those things we look at from a, from a discovery point of view, from discovering the mission logic, discovering the, uh, the, uh, the designer logic or, or the business logic. So, so we have a very uh, sophisticated next generation causal inference uh, machine learning algorithms that basically allow you to, uh, to actually generate uh, state machines, which are a format of the UML diagram, which depict what is actually taking place in your enterprise. What, what are the actions that are taking place in the enterprise from a dynamic sense? And so it's not like a normal uh, data mining or machine learning approach where you get fault trees that are, that are not uh, closed. They're not a closed loop environment. They sort of give you uh, an abstraction of trees and you know, all these different uh, machine learning uh, approaches are, are, are done from a static point of view. They have no timing perspective. And uh, you also have to choose uh, the, 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 data, the, the, the training data sets in order to figure out which are valid. So, so from, from the start, it becomes a very difficult thing. How do you know which is the training data you should use to try to figure out what that algorithm is for in a static world? So in our approach, it's, it's, it's a very holistic approach. We take and look, we look at the whole event structure and then we actually generate the state machine. Now, who validates that state machine? Well, we have, then we, when, we, when the state machine is being generated, we go back to the design teams. We say, is this, is this what should be running in your environment? Or we go to the operator that tells you exactly, is that how you should function? So we try to, we get the uh, approval of the, of the state machine that our discovery engine uh, detects to, to uh, uh, it's approved by the designer or the, or the operator. So now we have, a, we, we have something that's concise. So in, in a data mining algorithm environment, you don't see typically the, uh, the designer or the operator approving the algorithms. So how do you know that algorithm was actually correct? So, so that's the big difference right there. Yes, so, you see, so what, you, what it seems is that the understanding of the need for business logic was there over the years. But yes. it was not possible to come up with effective solutions, but with the advances in artificial intelligence and machine learning and all that, right. you are now able to create that algorithm that can do it in a dynamic way rather than yes. you know, static. So that that's a very, um, yes. it's a, it, it, it seems that you, you are on the right path and that uh, this business logic now can be given serious focus because of the advances right. of machine learning and because of the alg algorithms that you are able to create. So it, it seems that now that there are tools available for testing and verifying that business exactly. processes are uh -huh. functioning correctly in certain situations from what you are telling me uh -huh. do you think that these tools are capable of detecting logical vulnerabilities security vulnerabilities 
you know of course you know they have to be customized and not a, this algorithm is not like one algorithm will work right. uh, across the right. sector so it will have to be customized and it will have to come up with uh, proper uh, me uh, measures about what they are need to uh, be monitoring but do you think they will be able to provide the effective solution that we are lo looking for for security um i don't think that's that, that's where you know if you look at uh, uh, the data sciences, uh, it's all based on frequency analysis, right? What, what's most frequent is your process, what's infrequent is your anomaly, right? Now, typically, uh, if that's the rule for the data mining structures, then, uh, then it becomes um, quite difficult to look at the hacker logic because the hacker logic is going to be, it's going to be very few, right? It's not going to be the majority of the business of the, of, of the transactions that are actually taking place. You know, like malware sending messages on a messaging bus. There's not going to be many many of those, right? Where where the normal running of the business is 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 what um, uh, you're going to have the most frequent transactions, the most operations. So the algorithms that we have, uh, the machine learning algorithms, are looking for transactions uh, that are most frequent. And it basically will generate the, uh, you know, the uh, the various guard conditions, the paths, the sequence of events, all the joins, and all the different environments that a that a state machine requires from a most frequent perspective. Yeah, I know what you're getting at, but but we have another tool that will get you to the anomaly. There's another way of doing it. Once you have the business logic, uh, we have made advances on uh, on, a, on a on a very uh, unique uh, anomaly detection system, which is really the core of our technology. The data, uh, the, the event discovery or the process discovery was not the main focus for us. The real product was really the, uh, the uh, DZ audit uh, anomaly detection system. And that's quite unique. And in that, once you have the state, uh, state machine, you upload that into our system. It will generate all the uh, all the all the rules and the, all the uh, the timing aspects, everything automatically. And what it does, it it basically observes the the messages on the bus on the on the messaging bus. Think of a messaging bus as a whole bunch of intelligent systems that are connected to that message bus, and all these intelligent systems or applications are talking to each other, right? And now we we are observing each each uh, uh, message on that bus, right? Now that state machine, which is a representation which has been approved by the designer or the or the uh, or the corporation or the operator, we, now we embed, em, 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 you, we look at that state machine, and now we're looking at that what the system does. It basically observes each message and checks to make sure that message is following that state machine. So it's basically doing backward checking. Now, backward checking is not a capability in normal uh, programming languages, like the 3GL type languages like uh, Java or C++ or languages like that. They cannot do backward checking. So because they couldn't do the backward checking, they went and they have to aggregate the data, which is the normal approach to data mining to try to figure out something's right or wrong. 
Now we could now what we do is we basically are observing each message according to the designer or the operator rules, which is the state machine. And we are then then we can actually define whether that is an anomaly. So when when a message is sent to a uh, to a break, uh, someone's you know someone's uh, uh, trying to insert a message to when someone's going 60 miles an hour, put the brakes on. When someone sends that message or a hacker sends a message, we will know that it's not part of that designer process or auto operator process, and we will flag that as an anomaly. So we use the state machine as the norm for how things should run. And if any event or any message is not part of that state machine or the operational state machine, that becomes an anomaly. So that's how we get to the, we, we identify what that hacker is. So now you can see that it's not only the hacker messages that we're looking for, we can look for things that are, suppose the operator, suppose that we had an expert system who was, who was uh, we had the mission logic for that expert person sitting there and an administration, uh, so now some new operator comes in and he makes a mistake. So we can actually point out the mistakes so they could be an administration error, an operator error, that we can define and flag very quickly. So, so very quickly, and then also the devices, if they don't respond, or their latency is low, then we can also detect those kinds of failures. Sure, sure. no, it, it seems, you know, it is a very interesting hmm. approach, and hmm. it could be very effective because uh, here the, you know, machine learning is involved in their algorithms are there, but, in, machine learning algorithms all will come at a later point. What your approach you are saying is that let's monitor the effect rather than the causes. But, exactly. to, be able to, but to be able to do that, Rajiv, yeah. there is a need for very thorough understanding of each and every process right. to understand what you know effects we want to monitor. And now with the emerging, we, are, we have so many billions of uh, Internet of Things devices that are connected now and the whole Internet of everything, the ecosystem that is being uh, developed, generated. In the next few years, we will have billions and billions of you know in, uh, devices that will be connected. So, you think about the enormity of uh, enormous uh, amount of effort it would take for identifying all those processes that we would need to be monitoring because it is not the stat. Uh, businesses, if we just focus on businesses, businesses are not just working in silo anymore. They are interconnected, interdependent with so right. many things, yeah. so many different uh, things, as well as so many different entities, right. suppliers, vendors, you know, compliance, legal, mm -hmm. in all kinds of things that are connected with that. So I think the bigger challenge here is identifying the processes, which processes, how to identify each and every process effectively right. so that we can create the effective algorithm. So I think there is a from what you are telling me that if we are able to now create the algorithms mm -hmm. uh, that would do this effectively right so that part is uh, right. <clears throat> that you know we would be able to have very effective solutions provided mm -hmm. we have effective understanding of all the uh, processes across you know interconnected interdependent processes and i think that's where the bigger challenge is you're absolutely correct um, so so that's why I believe the, the message bus approach is the correct approach. Because 
you talked about billions of, of uh, IoT type devices. These are basically transacting on the messaging bus at the end of the day. They, they send messages on, on that bus. I know there's been a lot of focus on trying to secure the IoT device itself. I don't believe that's very feasible because the scope of security, a scope of a device trying to identify itself to something is at fault. It, 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 I think it's, 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 it's very, very difficult to do it, because it's out of scope. It doesn't know what the other, where that message came from. It, it doesn't know about the message. At the end of the day, it needs to know where that message came from and is it a valid message. It cannot, it cannot discern against, it, it cannot discern from that. So that's why the, the message bus is, is the right approach. Now, it may be a very complex processes that you were looking at. And that's what the, uh, the discovery with the causal machine learning uh, algorithms that we have, they come into play. They take out a lot of the effort uh, that are, that are no, like in, in, when, when you have uh, like SIMs collecting logs uh, from devices, you, there's a lot of human labor involved inspecting that logs and everything else. It requires tremendous amounts of effort. But as, but I think, IoT world, I don't think they even play. It's, it's, it's the, the same approach is it becomes kind of kind of ridiculous. So by looking at the, uh, the 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 state machines or the processes or the transactions that those uh, IoT devices uh, play in send on the messaging bus, it becomes a great place for us to install our our, our, our causal machine learning uh, module that can learn and develop that state machine for you and then and have it verified because it's a totally an automated process. Uh, and, uh, and so that takes away from the enormous amounts of labor that you would need in order to, <laughs> to, to get the last state machine. That's why we created it. Uh, it, took a, it took us a long time to build these algorithms. These are very, very next generation algorithms. They don't, they don't exist in the, in, the, uh, in the planet today. They're, they're more, looking for uh, uh, time causality, uh, which they don't look for in, in, in spatial causality. So we're looking at all those different aspects. And, uh, and, and it, it took us a lot while to put those together. But the funny thing is that it's not only us now that's recognizing the face. We, we have a number of contractors. The Air Force itself is saying that, you know, we need to monitor that messaging bus because there's a huge vulnerability there. And we need to detect anomalies on that bus. So the, the focus now becomes the bus, not so much the, uh, you know, before we're just basically you know, mining the data databases and trying to find out the vulnerabilities and then loading them back into a database to, to basically do matching of those uh, the hash tables or the, or the signatures on the, uh, on, the, uh, uh, on the packets or on the file systems, et cetera. So I think, the, you're right, you know, so it really gives us an advantage uh, to, uh, to defining what that mission logic is and what that business logic is using this automated process that we've developed. Sure, no, absolutely. But uh, coming back to the IoT uh, mm -hmm. ecosystem that is being developed, mm -hmm. there are indicators that uh, blockchain would be involved in that. Right. And uh, it's going to be based on blockchain because that's the only way probably to have effective security measures that right. we are looking for. So how would 
this uh, algorithms that you are creating would work with the blockchain based ecosystem because mm. not at least at not today we mm. don't have that yet but in the coming tomorrow in probably you know a couple of years you will see that you know everything goes towards all kinds of processes are moving towards blockchain uh, because well, of the security and because of the need for it because mm. we there is no other way it would be effective or we will not be able to have the operations that we are looking for uh, in this uh, whole ecosystem that is being developed so these algorithms how would be it be effective with the blockchain based uh, iot ecosystem or ioe ecosystem or mm -hmm. you know businesses the sure. business processes are moving on blockchain like mm -hmm. content creation or trading is moving on that or sure many 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 business processes are moving on blockchain so mm -hmm. how would that integration work with that well you know uh, i know i don't know too much about blockchain but what i know is uh, um with e even the blockchains uh is dependent upon the business processes itself so if you don't monitor the business processes for anomalies uh whether whether your linkages or the value chains are linked to the business process you still have to monitor the business process. Blockchain by itself is not gonna solve the problem. So if we don't care whether uh, we're interested on what are those messages on the bus and how the blockchains communicate with each other are communicating with each other. So we're interested in that message bus and what communications are going on that bus. So we're not interested in the, in the, in the, in the data store or except, of what that blockchain does. That's just the blockchain represents for us just another intelligent system. And we're listening to how does the bad blockchain actually communicate with each other. And, and so the business process really, what are, what, are, what are really a business process from my point of view is really the communications between all the intelligent systems and devices. And what is that communication mechanism? It's like the protocol, like the communication protocol, except what happens is that in the uh, in the application world, there's no fixed protocol. So every application has its own way of communicating with each other and own mechanism for communication. So even in a blockchain environment, you would still need to communicate with uh, the different uh, data stores all over the all over the internet, and uh, you still need to monitor those. If you don't monitor those, then you're going to still have the issue. Because the problems of, of scope, uh, because we built this, uh, because the messaging bus represents a global scope, you're not looking at where all the other entities, intelligent entities, they were, they're working in a local environment. They don't know who sent that message, why was it sent. Yeah, there may be some interesting ways of communicating and trying to figure out, but how do you explicitly tell whether that message was destined to a, a particular uh, system. How, how does that local programming know? How do you create that program? You still need to have something that's global scope. And uh, that's what the beautiful thing about the, the whole aspect of the state machine or the business, it, require, it knows the whole global scope. So it's going to tell you what, I know my relationship of my single message with all the other messages. Even in data mining, it's the same thing where you're trying to, uh, uh, try to relate a single attribute within the in within a, a data record with all the other elements of that record. 
Sure. But in this case right here, what we're doing, we're taking single message and we're trying to relate that single message with all the other ones by checking. So the, the, neat, the key aspect of what we have is that we can take a single message and we can tell you whether that message is anomalous or not. Where in a traditional approach, you can't do that. You still need to aggregate. You still need to aggregate all that message and then find out the relationship between those messages. Right? Sure, sure. To, to, to remember something. So that's why if the state machine is correct, then we know that that single message is going to be 100% correct. There's no, there's no aspect of probability here. It's either right or wrong because we're looking, we're looking at business logic. But in, when you aggregate the information, it becomes a, becomes a false or positive or a true negative issue, whether it's right or wrong. So, <laughs> so, so that becomes a probabilistic environment. Now, suppose you were trying to apply that uh, probabilistic environment to a platform like a fighter jet or to a plane or to a ship or even a car. You can't work on probabilities there. I know there's a lot of solutions out there that they'll say, oh, we're going to profile this bus and then we're going to try to figure out that anomaly. Well, who's going to make that decision? It's, it's got to be either right or wrong. And you have to have an approach that will give you that, that, that thing. I mean, uh, our observation, the way that we observe, is based on the designer and the, and the, uh, or the operator. We're using, we are substituting him. We're equating the observer to the, to the designer or the operator. They're actually making that decision, not us, because they've approved that, that, that methodology. Now, when it goes to data mining, you're looking at someone else doing it, someone who is not the designer or who's not the operator. You know, it could be, uh, you know, an IT business guy that has no knowledge of that system at all, has no aspect of the design. So, so there's a very, very big difference between our approach and the traditional approach. Sure, and sure. The, the only thing that the other guy, the IT guy can do, uh, he can give you a probability of why something happened, why something didn't happen. But he doesn't know for sure because, he, because, because of the approach that we've taken, right? Sure, sure, no, I understand that. Now, the, today the enterprise is not located in one specific location. Enterprise right. is distributed across you know, nations, nations' geographical boundaries. So right. this is not, are, is this approach effective with the centralized business servers? Or you know, for servers, uh, all the data that is in the cloud or mm -hmm. it distributed, like in blockchain, you know, yeah. that where the data will be on you know multiple computers, you know, multiple yeah. nodes. How yeah. how is this you know designed for uh, this algorithm? How where sure. would it be effective? So so we sit on the on the messaging bus, or we sit on the on the network, and the. Uh, it, it, it could be in a data center, let's say DC or data center. And, and from the data center, you're gonna have messages coming from all over the place in a distributed environment, right? They're all trying to access some level of service or something, activate some service. It could be coming from uh, anywhere from, uh, from end systems. It could be coming from another data center located in some other area. It doesn't matter to us. At some point, they have to come to that messaging list. Right, so we we so in our case, it it doesn't really matter because we're look we're observing all those messages that are coming there, and we're basically are if we're mining that information or we're doing event mining or 
uh, trying to create those state machines, we can just sit on that on that message bus and basically inspect that message and then withdraw the state machines required or or provide anomalies to that state machine. So 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 the so the issue of distribution or distributed environment is not does not matter to us. That, that, that's good. But let me ask you uh, specifically, let's say, you know, uh, this IoT system that is uh, based on blockchain comes in the emerges in the coming years mm -hmm. and where it's it's not a centralized, uh, you know, right. environment. It's a distributed environment, distributed ledger. A lot of computers are involved. Now, the blockchain, again, is not 100 uh, percent secure. There are no. ways to, you know, uh, hack that too. There are security vulnerabilities there too. So let's say, you know, one node, one computer is trying to, you know, create security vulnerability or somebody's trying to hack through that or something is happening which mm -hmm. should not be happening. Will this algorithm be able to pinpoint to that, that that particular computer, that's this is the source this is the data yeah. point where the error is happening and where uh, somebody is trying to you know uh, hack through that or something you know would it give mm -hmm. that kind of indicator uh, i'm not sure uh, it depends on the uh, on the topography or the, or the networking topography if we have a source where we can get those messages somehow uh, i know in a, it's like what you're saying is that they're all distributed peer-to-peer computing environments and there's no if there's no centralized server right so if there's no centralized server then then i, I don't, well you know so we would have to figure out a way of, of doing that um, no th these are the things that we'll have to think about we don't we need have to think like, about it. I, I have not thought about it, how we will we'll need we to be addressed in the coming years right yes. because this is where we are going and uh, yes what you have developed is a next generation and these next generation uh, you know technology and uh, new systems are being developed so we have to um, start thinking about it right now because you will need to integrate all these you know points in sure. that to be able to provide effective solutions that you are hoping to provide mm -hmm. so that's the reason i'm talking about it because these are the all complex uh, points that we will have to address and coming uh, talking about the applications that you were just talking about they, all the applications vary in complexity so what will be the process to define business logic for different applications because uh, some applications uh, are web-based some applications are going to be uh, you know space-based probably and some applications are going to be uh, on uh, computers uh, you know in the geospace so there are this all integration between cyberspace geospace space comes into uh, picture so how would the processes be defined for the business logic for all these different applications well i mean uh i think i think centrally like this is where the message bus comes to play like i, I want to reiterate that the business process is really a, a the messaging protocol between all those separate intelligent systems or applications or end systems and uh and it's supposed to unify uh how a particular uh, system should work, like a platform. Like how does a plane platform work? How does a, uh, a car platform work? Is described by the business logic actually. That's really the essence of it. And, uh, and 
you know, so if you, if you look at a car, for instance, you know, it has a whole bunch of, on the CAN bus, it has a whole bunch of ECUs. And it has all kinds of intelligent uh, uh, devices connected to it. And, um, and the way it, way it talks to each other, the way, the, way, the way they speak to each other is through messages. And, and how they program, so it's like a big macro, how do you program how to do a particular braking function? For instance, uh, if, if, the car, if you have an autonomous braking system, then uh, before you apply the brake or because it's autonomous, it's gonna to go to the video processor, check the distance, make sure that's proper before it's gonna go and actually activate that, activate the brake. So, so that's, you know, it's just like what you're doing, you're building up blocks, you're building up intelligence. The, the smaller intelligence are built, built into a bigger intelligence, which represents what the business process really is, which actually functions and does the work. So, so that's what, we're, we're not looking at the individual uh, sub-function. I'm not looking at inside the brake. I'm not looking inside the, uh, the steering wheel <laughs> control, the servos there. I'm looking only at the messaging bus, making sure from a cyber perspective, from an administrative perspective, from a failure perspective, that there's something going wrong. Yeah, later on, we can go and try to figure out, you know, the internals of each of those subsystems. Sure, but, sure. but we're only focusing on the, on the, like you said, cyber, cyberspace, which happens to be, our space happens to be that message bus. And that message bus is where we can observe those messages. So we, what we've done is basically simplified that problem of not going into the details and in the gitter. Look, look what happens when you're going and looking at in, in the current systems, they look at every intelligent system, the logs from those systems, like a SIM. They're looking at the output data of that system, intelligent system, and then the, putting together all those logs that are in each individual system, aggregate them into a big database, and not even know what that whole logic is behind and, and what they're doing. It's, it's a very tough thing to do. From that point of view, it's very tough. So when you're looking at the output perspective, you're looking at the system output data, becomes a very difficult problem to solve. When you look at it from an input perspective, which is the message bus, then you have simplified the problem. Yes, yes, so it seems, so it seems uh, theoretically. Uh, the tools, how many tools are available to identify this business uh, process logic uh, currently? Yeah. yeah, so we have uh, we have a process discovery engine uh, that basically is we, it basically collects all the causal data in in a file, and and once that causal data is is collected, then we actually generate the state machine. Now, what's in, how it does that? That's that's years and years of hard work that we've done. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, so that's a it's it's a single tool that does that. Now, how you must be wondering now the, how do you simplify the complexity? And I think that's a, that's another thing that we thought about. So, what we do is that when we are strategically looking at that machine learning uh, tool, we identify events of interest that are critical. So we only want to reverse engineer, uh, let's say the braking system for a car. And we know what events or which messages are associated with those. So there may be 50 messages associated with those. So we are only listening to the 50 messages and the system will actually draw the messaging bus for that. Then we go to the other function. So you can do divide and conquer to reduce the effort in that way. 
or else you can do the big thing where you aggregate as many events as you know about, and you try to create that big mission logic. It'd be, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen these uh, data tables and stuff like that. It'd be, it'd be worse than that. So, so <laughs> it depends on how and what strategies. It requires some level of our, our you know, so approach to to doing this, but it's it's doable. Yes, uh, now, that, so, that, that is good. That is doable. Yes. I mean, it doesn't have to be doing all those things right now, but if it's doable and if it's possible, that's what we are looking for. So right. how, how are businesses across industries responding to this you know, new approach? Oh, they're very excited about it. You know, we, we have some, uh, we're working with some major integrators, you know, defense integrators, and they would like to know what that mission logic is for their fighter planes and missile systems, all kinds of stuff. That's a very important thing for them. Uh, imagine if someone hacked a missile system, <laughs> and yeah. that would be very, very, very bad. Those um, are the things that uh, are really a very serious cause of concern right now. And we all know that you know what is the reality of cyber warfare, and with uh, right. the challenges coming from all over the world, and especially coming towards west is you know very troubling and that's why we have to you know keep uh, keep identifying what what is out there or what approach is yeah. there what tools are available that can help us you know defend what we have developed over the years and uh, there are you know a lot of uh, complex security challenges and it's uh, uh, it's not necessary that you know one tool or one technology does all of it no. if we come up with you know a uh, a pool of uh, technologies and processes and uh, that you know collectively can work together effectively and uh, are able to secure our initiatives our data our intelligence and our you know critical infrastructure that's what we are looking at but coming back to you know uh, one uh, point is that you know we also have these complex challenges with now with the mobile i mean the data is not just in the web and uh, uh, there are so many equipments involved and you know so many uh, so human factor is involved and where human a lot of you know security challenges come from humans either it's human error or humans are doing it deliberately they are you know trying to let's say you know someone who is not authorized is trying to download a lot of you know information that he shouldn't be you know downloading or mm -hmm. someone you know who is supposed to be working on project a is should not be using their login credentials to uh, you know access project b so those kind of challenges will these new algorithms that you are creating uh, would that be able to address a human factor Okay, so we are we are sort of focusing on the infrastructure, the operator, uh, the designer concerns. We're not so much focused on what you're getting at is more like end systems uh, behaviors and stuff like that. And as you said, that uh, this is a big problem to solve. And the processes and behavior goes together, right? I mean, we are trying to detect the uh, weaknesses or, you know, vulnerabilities in processes, process, business process logic. And the business process logic is also, you know, directly integrated with the human factor. Well, it, it definitely is. But, but um, uh, the, the vulnerability, yeah, we're trying to find out the vulnerabilities in the, in the business process itself. That, that's correct. But... The, like you said, there's there's a whole bunch of tools out there for security. Uh, there's a whole bunch of endpoint uh, tools. There's a whole bunch of networking tools that that deal with some aspect of security. 
and they have their you know they have their permutations of you know what they do and how many types of tools they have but our, our real concern is really the the messaging bus the messaging bus is, is really the heart of everything or the core for how machines to machines communicate you're looking at a model where user to machine interface we're not really interested in that we're more focused on the machine to machine aspect now in the platform world or the thing world the machine to machine and the operator is a totally a different relationship when when uh, when an end system user is trying to go and access some file from some database where in the in the platform world where the iot world the operator is actually trying to use that system to fly it to to drive it or whatever or to sail it you know so it's a, it's a totally a different relationship right it's it's more of a holistic it's not a one way path from user to machine and back here here is that that single operator is going to generate a whole bunch of things you know so it's so the models are very different Model yeah. is different, but model is different. But in the coming tomorrow, where we have corporations that consist of entirely, you know, algorithms and the artificial intelligence-based, you know, companies where it's just machine-to-machine -machine interaction, and where you know machine will take over and they they will see okay in refrigerator what is not there they will go ahead and you know order that online. Right, right. So the humans humans will be out of the picture, you know, in lot of oh, absolutely yeah. a lot of different uh, you know scenarios. But there are scenarios like uh, what what happened, you know, in the big uh, hacks that we have seen recently is that you know a lot of downloads happened that was not supposed to. I mean that. Right. If, if there was an algorithm like that, then that would have pointed that okay, should uh, somebody is downloading a lot of information using mm. certain you know login uh, user ID password, and uh, should that person be downloading this much information? So if that was defined, if that was a process that was defined that should anybody be downloading this much information, mm. then that algorithm that you have created would be easily able to alert the decision makers yeah. that something well, I, I, is wrong. Absolutely, absolutely. But machine to machine, yes. as long as we have, and the thing is you can always change the uh, uh, the state machine to to new requirements. As, as your business changes, you're changing your state machine. So uh, we have a lot of flexibility, you know, a lot of agility in, uh, in doing that. Our, our product that has a lot of agility in doing that. So for those levels of like point, pointing out uh, uh, anomalies on that on that uh, transactions, so we're looking at those anomalous transactions taking place on that messaging bus. Sure. Uh, we will be able to point those out if someone's not supposed to download like insider threat. I think what you're talking about is things like insider threat. Yes, insider. Uh, yeah. So insider threat is something uh, that he's going to do abnormal. So he's going to send out. Uh, um, He's going to go and try to download on a USB something when he's not supposed to do that. So those kinds of events are going to be on that communications bus. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, so I think we, that, so that's a, there is a lot of potential. There is a lot of possibilities. The only thing now remains is that there is an approach to effectively identify all these complex interconnected processes. Right. And once that is done using this algorithm that you have developed. Or you know you're, where you are going, I think that would be able to provide very effective solution sure. if all these different factors are able to work together 
from your perspective i mean this again you you are saying this is uh, how many years uh, this has been uh, this, out uh, well we we started the development about 15 15 years ago 15 years ago that's a long time so that's what we put a lot of r and d effort in here so, yes, so it seems uh, so it seems yeah this is not an easy thing uh, we had to develop a whole language uh, language a causal inference language to do this thing so this is not an easy thing that uh, oh, it's, it's not. I, I, no. Machine learning, artificial intelligence-based. Well, even the uh, the the uh, causal inference engine, not the machine learning engine, the in, the inference engine that actually detects the anomaly once you have the the discovery engine. It, it's a very complex environment. It is. Uh, so, uh, what I was going to say was I lost my train of thought, but uh, but. I think what I think what you were saying is that um, um, I remember now. What you could do yes. is that the way that the way that we've been using our our causal machine learning algorithms, we work on we work on an offline basis. Okay, that means that means we keep on uh, uh, doing it once to create that state machine. So we we have a cycle. Uh, a professional services cycle to go and generate those state machines. That's the goal. Well, suppose you could continuously discover on an online basis, continuously discover uh, new state machines, and then start to compare those with the normal, mm. and then see what's happening. Now, that's definitely that. That's something that we can do on a continuous manner, but it requires a tremendous amount of computing resources because these algorithms require. Now, the complexity of the number of computations that you have to do is huge. But it's, it's quite feasible to have machine learning, causal machine learning, on, uh, as an online process. And then you could almost make it adaptive, where, uh, uh, where you keep on learning the, uh, the, new, the state machine that you generated. And then you look at the differences between the state machines which is the reference state machine, and you look at the differences. That will give you what all those anomalies are and what the different changes are. So th in the future, I believe that I think we could uh, get into a system where, you know, when we get really fast computers, you know, I, I think they're talking about quantum computers and stuff like that. That would be quite possible because of the immense amount of computing power that we can put these things online and, uh, and look at the, the, the narrow differences from a state machine perspective, where you wouldn't need, even need to go into the auditing principle where it's fast enough to uh, where we have to go, you know, generate the new state machine and then get the anomaly, where you're calculating those differences in a, in a, in a, in a real-time approach. Now, that's really future future, I think. Yes, but it's not that far. You know, quantum computers are just... Uh, yeah. So I think, that, I think that could be a very good possibility. Yeah. Yes, yes. But, but I mean, we have the, 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 we have the algorithms for that. We have the machine learning algorithms. For good. So, I mean, you see, Rajiv, the potential that what you have developed, it has huge potential. Yes. Now you just have, we just have to figure out how to create the ecosystem around it. Because right. it, in silo, it's not going to be able to do what it's supposed to do. Or right. what what potential it has because there are a lot of uh, other fa you know variables that needs to be out there that needs to be working effectively like identifying all those processes you know and understanding mm -hmm. where 
all those interconnections are, where all those trillions of data points, you know, where we need to be looking at. So all that complex challenges are there. From your perspective, you are developed. You have developed that algorithm. You have created that machine learning environment, and you have uh, invested a lot of years in research and you know we are pro putting a lot of resources in that 15 yes. years of research that you have conducted you have reached a milestone where you are comfortable that you and you're confident that this algorithm that you have created is going to help businesses across industries hopefully and across nations uh, to protect their data and give them data security and give them the security that they're looking for but from your perspective apart from developing all this uh, this algorithm what are the complex challenges because it's not just there are many times there are tools available but it requires much more than tools to yeah. be able to you know create that uh, solution and to have that adaptation acceptance there are a lot of you know different factors so from your perspective what are the complex challenges you are going to face in the coming years to make this a reality so that you know businesses across industries nations they can use this in real time that which you are probably hoping for that you know with the processing power hopefully you will be able to figure out that uh, yeah. part of the equation uh, so that you know everyone all businesses in real time can have these effective yeah. solutions algorithms that can uh, look at uh, what events are happening and what events should not be happening and the thereby you know they may be able, able to pinpoint where the uh, vulnerabilities are so what challenges do you see that you will still have to overcome see, see the, the challenges that we have are, are not technology we have lots and lots of technology we have no problem with that and we have you know uh, we have a lot of stuff the challenge that we have is really the marketing aspect uh, everyone's so focused on malware and hacker technology and systems uh, uh, a lot of that stuff. Uh, we don't seem to get any no any any space for marketing now. You know, specialized projects. We're starting to do that. People are starting, and it's the re the reason they're doing that is because those systems have nearly failed. I mean, I mean, you see all the vulnerabilities and all the attacks, and uh, I mean, you, you got massive reports about the, the failures. But people keep doing the same old thing over and over and over. And, uh, you know, we were all the DHS do, doing the same, same stupid stuff all the time, over and over and over. Uh, it, it's a very, very hard concept, even though I describe it in, in a very simple manner. People forget very quickly. And they don't understand the value of the, the, the state machines and all the stuff that we were providing is really the, uh, it's approved by the designers of the operators. We're not observing uh, we're not we're not creating something that's out of the blue. We're not. This is something that's being designed. You know, like when you talked about all these different processes and all these intricate supply chains and all this kind of stuff. They've been designed. There's a real engineering principle there, and and we look to that engineering principle of the complexities of those processes. There, someone's design. Even a chip is a very complex design, but. The designers have put that thing together. So when we create our state machine, we are putting the, what's correct. We're not trying to come out of some thin air saying that this is a, a hacker signature, even, even trying to figure out whether it's a hacker signature or not, uh, looking for uh, uh, you know, how you go through the steps of defining whether it's a real signature or not. You can't even tell if it's a real signature. 
it's, 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 it's a complex process. It's, it's, it's not easy. So our challenge is not technology. We've always had the technology. Uh, we, you know, we're way ahead in, uh, we got lots of technology in that, in that point. But the problem is that the world out there is still stuck in their hacker logic game and their own, their own inventions of what that, <laughs> that logic should be. And, and it's, so it's, it's a very different approach. You know. it, it is a different, it is a complex challenge because here we are talking about replacing an approach or a system whenever right. the businesses or, you know, any industries or any, you know, government or academia or nation, anybody, when they are used to doing things certain way, yes. then, you know, replace, changing that completely, it, it takes time. But here it's more, uh, you know, complex because the cybersecurity is involved. The whole business is survival. If we just talk about business, it yeah. is not only the sustainability or, you know, security is concerned, the whole survival of the business, is, you know, is at a play right now. And there are, mm -hmm. that's why there are so many complex challenges. And uh, the, for, for any business to, uh, even if they believe in this approach or in these algorithms and this machine learning, for them to completely cut off from that uh, hacker approach or you know looking at the vulnerabilities from the traditional conventional point of view is going to be impossible because they would never feel comfortable to give up that yeah. and you know take this because this is again this could be 100 percent secured but it's unproven so they would think i think we should uh, if, if you're talking only about acceptance then uh, it is better to have an approach of having a complementary you yeah. know, security yeah. perspective rather than replacing malware. We're not talking about replacement at all. Uh, yeah. No, that's why that's why we focus only on the message about security, which no one's doing today. Yes. Whether 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 the the issue is in the industry today uh, with all the IoT and everything, message about security is mandatory, or else we're going to get into some very very serious problems and security risks out there. That's all we're focusing on. We're not talking about. Uh, hackers. We're not trying to replace the traditional SIMs or or uh, DPI systems or any anything like that. No, or the antivirus software. No, we're not trying to replace anything of that sort. We're just focused on our little spot. But what's happening is that these traditional people are trying to say that we can solve that problem in the message bus, <laughs> which which is very very unlikely. And uh, that that's the point I was making. I was not making the point that. Sure. That, so, so what I'm saying is that we get cut off from that noise where we're focused on that message bus value proposition, and we're getting cut off by the traditional people saying, "Oh, because we've done security as a general thing, and this is the hacker logic we do it. So now, how we're going to go and do this thing? I mean, it, it's a totally a different ballgame. It's a totally a different game that we're playing here. Uh, the focus is totally different. We're focused on east-west traffic or lateral traffic." And data centers and OT systems, where everyone is focused on the north south, which is you know end systems and uh, and on the on the network. So no, the issue is that we get blocked out because because the traditional guys want to go and get into that space, which they don't have any technology for. Right? Well, there there are always whenever there is a new innovation, there is always uh, there are always obstacles to be overcome and. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is the point is just to you know identify all those different obstacles that's going to come come your way or exactly. they're going to be there and uh, deal with the, each of them you know sure. and, uh, 
one yeah. at a time. And yeah, I'm so sure technology is not the issue for us, like I said. It's, it's really, now we're getting a lot of traction. I mean, there's so many people interested. We're Hi. very busy. We're very, very busy now, though, so it's, it's good, very good. Wonderful. So what would you like to convey to our global viewers and listeners about decision zone or you know these algorithms that you have developed, the machine learning-based approach? What would you like to tell them? Yeah, I, th I think it's a, uh, it's a, uh, you know, our, our CTO, former CTO, Tyson, I think, you know, I think he, he, he said that this is a very novel approach to cybersecurity. Uh, it requires customization. There's no no doubt about it. Uh, it requires a lot of effort, uh, and without that effort, you're not going to get that security uh, capability. It's not a plug and play game that you play here. Uh, uh, you have to go through the through the normal process, you know, the, to, to establish this uh, uh, program. Uh, so you know, like what, like I said, sometimes like SAP for performance, we are like SAP to to, to security, it requires that level of inter integration and and uh, and uh, building, but also reduces the effort from uh, we're not we're not it reduces the number of man hours you know or, or resources required to do that because we're not looking for every vulnerability you don't have to we're only looking at your own logic the business logic we're not looking at the hacker logic. And I think that's what separates us. We're focused on your stuff. And we use your stuff to protect against all the other things coming in. So I think, um, I think uh, for a really a secure environment where as the level of automation increases, the vulnerabilities increase exponentially. And, uh, and we are getting more and more automated. So we have to be more and more secure. <laughs> we have to provide. So this is this is the beautiful thing about it about our process. So in, in a typical environment, where if you have a lot of processes or a lot of uh, elements within the process, uh, transactions within the process or messages in the process, the the uh, in from a data mining perspective, it becomes very difficult to uh, to identify the anomaly because. Because the uh, you won't do a factorial number of compute computations, but in our case, because it's the linear backward checking that we do, so as 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 the processes become more complex, they also become more secure. So we've sort of reversed it, where where if you use a traditional approach, as the automation complexity increases, in a traditional approach, the security becomes very very difficult to implement. Where in our approach, it become more secure. So it's it's sort of like a uh, a different way of saying that 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 we become active. So the more you automate, the more secure you become. That's really what we can do for you. Yes. So thank you, Rajiv, for participating. Thank you very much. We appreciate you. your thoughtful insight on business logic monitoring. And our global sure. viewers and listeners will benefit tremendously from the information you provided on the value of business logic that is being explored and analyzed to bring meaningful security challenges to the entities across NGIO, not just businesses, but you know this approach could be used in government, in the, uh, organizations, academia, everywhere. And even if a single individual or entity can come up with an idea to innovate based on the business logic monitoring discussion, we had today this discounted dialogue has been of service and we thank you for that. So every action 
has an equal and opposite reaction. This is supposed to be at the heart of the business logic monitoring proposed by Decision Zone. It is important that security community evaluates this approach to security. Risk Group Cybersecurity Risk Research Center and Strategic Security Risk Research Center are created for this very reason to identify, evaluate, and manage the risk-facing NGIOA in CGS. That means nations, its government, industries, organizations, academia in cyberspace, geospace, and space. We at Risk Group believe that risk management, security, and peace walk together hand in hand. Though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict, risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict. And it is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts feed into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secure for everyone across nations. Tradition becomes our security. So if we build a culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace. Let's manage the existing and emerging risk together. For more information on the risk roundups, to watch the risk roundup videos or hear the risk roundup podcast, please go to riskgroupllc.com and do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jayashree Pandya, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.